We're gonna talk about the ABCs of it, right up to the XYZs of it, the hardships and sometimes the E's of it. Dot the I's and cross the T's of it. Welcome to Alphabet My Life with me, John Courtney, and my wife, Emma. Hello and welcome to episode two of Alphabet My Life. And we're on the letter B. It's only the second podcast. Um, and B is Britain's Got Talent. I thought we'd get this out of the way nice and early. I am here with my wife, Emma. Hi. And my sister-in-law, Emma's sister, Rowena. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we Rowie's here. Well, Rowie's basically here because I made sushi tonight and she wanted some sushi. And now she's been roped into the... Uh, sushi and wine. Sushi and wine. Roped into the podcast. But also she did play an integral part in the Britain's Got Talent um, broadcast, really. I think you've had almost as many hits as me on YouTube. If not more. <laughs> if, if not more. Yeah. So um yeah everything everything BGT uh, if you've if you're listening to this podcast and you've sort of fallen across it by accident um I won Britain's Got Talent in 2020 <coughs> the year of the <coughs> that I thought you were actually coughing then I was going to have to edit that out I'm like oh don't cough and I've got to edit um yeah I won it during lockdown which wasn't ideal but I've said to a lot of people that you'll never hear me complaining because the money sort of saved our house. Like a lot of entertainers, I hadn't worked for a couple of years. So that was pretty cool. Um, and the whole experience was pretty good. Well, how about I go and pour myself a glass of wine and you two talk about Britain's Got Talent for a couple of minutes? Okay, then. Okay, there you go. Tell everybody how you feel about Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> it was the worst time of our life. <laughs> it was so stressful. Oh, my God. Especially when we knew it was in the final and the whole of that day we felt physically sick. I was to sick. The, yeah, actually, Ro, yeah, you were sick. sick. She was sick. She she texted me, I've just been sick because we were so nervous for him and it was just butterflies in your stomach and every, you tried not to think about it but then, then you thought about it and your stomach just flipped and flipped and flipped. Can we hear the hear the wine pouring? Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I mean, like we're not talking about the cancer until we get to the letter C, but because we knew what he was going through at the time. He, I'm back now. Oh hi. What you were going through at the time? Yeah. What so have I missed? We're so we're just saying how anxious we were on the day of the final, and how anxious we felt, and how just we were just spaced out all day it was really overwhelming because obviously you were you were doing the cancer it was all about the cancer and it was just such a shit time but at the same time it was such a weird amazing day because all day we knew you were in london and it was the final and you rang me from the dressing room didn't you going bro look you need to chill out Oh, really? I was like, I know I do, but I can't, John. I've not eaten all day. I've been drinking Prosecco all day. I think I think looking back on it, I mean, I have been asked by a few people on interviews, you know, what was it like winning BGT during lockdown? And I've always said, well, I've got nothing to compare it to. I, I haven't won it out of lockdown, so I don't know what the difference is. But I think one of the big differences is that I couldn't have you guys there yeah. with me. It, you know, no family allowed at all. And that was really weird. I mean having to just phone you afterwards and that was a great FaceTime when Ant and Deck jumped into it as well and you're all in the streets and because it was still lockdown but all our everybody in our cul-de-sac came out of their houses and it was like a little Queen's Jubilee party on the street 
And then I was walking past Ant and Dex dressing room and they came out as I was FaceTiming you. So they jumped on the FaceTime. And then we all started singing, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. And really loud in the street. I like... shouted something else, so I don't know. Yeah, what did you shout? Get your cock out. <laughs> to Ant and Dex. <laughs> I don't. They, I think they chose not to hear that, but I, I didn't hear. Oh, that. They heard it, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've kind of skipped to the final, but let's talk about actually how BGT came about. So John decided to tell me that. Do you know what? I think I'm going to try for BGT this year. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but I didn't make it sound. No, no, you're see, you're making out that that's why you were that flippant. I came back from a cruise, having cruised with my friend Jamie Allen, and Jamie and I had had a few old fashions one night, and he'd said, "Why don't you do Britain's Got Talent?" And I said the same thing I'd said to everybody else: "I don't know what I do." And he said, "Why don't you write a song about auditioning for Britain's Got Talent?" And I said, "Oh, that that could be interesting." And that night, I went up to the piano in the piano bar that was shut, and I wrote the song pretty much there and then. It all sort of just came out in one go almost fully written there was there wasn't really that much rewrites that went on between then and the performance and i i knew i'd written something kind of cool i was like this is good it, it's funny it takes the mickey out of the judges it talks about family it's nostalgic it's got everything um so i sort of thought i had something and then i came home and having already decided i was gonna do it and said to you oh by the way i tried to play it down a bit and i, I by the way i'm probably gonna do britain's got talent and you just thought it was one of my big ideas that i have every now and then and nothing will come of it and you went oh that's nice and went back to watching love island or whatever it was that was on the telly at the time <laughs> and i was like no I've, I've thought about it i'm gonna do it and even then i don't think you thought i was serious and i, I don't think you i think when i played you the song you went oh that, actually that's that's quite good and then i got the audition details through because they said we live 20 minutes from the lowry so the producer said well if you're going to do this presumably you want to audition at the lowry and my whole my main reason for doing it was to perform at the palladium that was the that was what I wanted to do. I thought even if I get buzzed off, I can say I've performed at the Palladium. So I said no, it will be a day out in London with my family, and I'm going to do it at the London Palladium. And then we got the audition date through, and then you, I think, then you realised maybe I was being serious. <laughs> when did you think I was actually? Because you were flippant. I, I get it. I, I, I do. Was, I, I, I do make these announcements, and nothing often yeah, comes of it. You did announce it, but no, I knew you were being serious that you were going to do it, but I was a bit. Mm. Because I didn't know what you were going to do. Because that's what you've said always. I don't know what I'm going to do in like a couple of minutes. There was uh, only the, the, the songwriting. was only, It was our thing. It was just something that you did for me every year. You know, you, you don't really write songs. Well, so we said the whole time, like the family, we used to always say, these are amazing, do you know, every year that he wrote the song for you. Um, it was like, these these are brilliant. You know, they need to do something with these. Yeah, so. but you thought they were good because you knew what the sub, you know, it was written about yeah, me. And so pe people that don't know, every year I've, at Christmas, I've written a song for him and I've made a little music video to go with it. Um, and they're obviously they're personal. They're about what's happened that year. And one of them sort of made it into my tour show, which was the love story of Lego, which was Emma's idea to put it in the tour show. Um, and actually it went really, I, I did that the other day on a, on a show last weekend, actually, and it got some really nice feedback. Um, so that's all I'd really done, written songs for M, which obviously you all liked because you know me and M and... You're very talented, aren't you, darling? Oh. Well, like Britain's most talented man in 2020. In 2020, <laughs> yeah, with the mask on. And 21, wasn't it? And 21, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. The, I was yeah, the, the... Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was the longest reigning champion in the history of Britain's Got Talent. Let's, yeah, let's not forget that. And the first, first golden, golden buzzer. buzzer. And the, yeah, 
Yeah. The first year. Can't say the only anymore because Axel Blake was a golden. He was Simon's um, no, golden. No, whatever. Yeah, but we don't look. We, yeah, whatever. And Dave, we're very happy that the first golden buzzer was theirs. Yeah. There was a lovely moment off camera just after I'd won when they were literally, because we weren't allowed to touch, nobody was hugging or anything, um, apart from Amanda, which I probably shouldn't say on the podcast. But She was a little bit drunk. Amanda, <laughs> I don't think she, I don't know if she was drunk or not, <laughs> but she's the only one that gave me a big illegal hug after I'd won. And it was so oh. nice because I wanted to hug somebody and I was hoping it was going to be Amanda. So, um, yeah, so it was a bit weird that you guys couldn't be with me for the finals, but the, the auditions were great. You were there for the auditions. It was a long day. Yeah, we took the kids out of school. We just, like, skipped school for one day. Sorry, school. Yeah. So the whole setup was, it, the auditions were held at the London Palladium, but it was the hotel next door where they had the holding room. Where I think they made it out on Britain's Got Talent that it was actually backstage, but it wasn't. The holding room was actually in a hotel next door. And we were there so early and we had a little rehearsal. You were sat in the theatre and it was so exciting because the, the crosses were above the stage and we could see where the, the judges were going to be sat. And it was the Palladium. And it was the Palladium. That was the main thing <laughs> for you. Anyway, we didn't care about the Palladium. We just looked at the crosses and were like, oh my God, that's where the judges are going to sit. And it was so exciting. <sighs> you were literally in there like... What was it about 10 in the morning? 10 in the morning. And then they told me when they finally decided I was going to be the last act on in the evening show. So we realized we were going to be there for another 12 hours. Yeah. And I went to the hotel reception and I said, have you got any rooms? And they said, no, we've only got one suite left. And I said, I'm going to have to do it because we can't. So I, I, it was about 400 pounds, I think, for this last suite. And I remember saying to you, I'd better win this bloody show because we can't afford <laughs> we can't afford 400 pounds for a hotel room. And we laughed. Oh, oh how, how we, we laughed. How we laughed. Me and the boys were there all day and they knew we were there all day and they had so many opportunities to interview us, ask us whatever they wanted. And this is all building up to you telling the director to go fuck himself, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't this say, is, I didn't say you, go you, fuck yourself. You said I, fuck off. I said fuck off to the director. <laughs> so Cheers, we finally, sorry about that. We, after my, I get the golden buzzer, we come off stage and they're frantically filming some stuff in the wings, which is great. And then they want to film the bit as if we're leaving the theatre, but we can't because the theatre's been locked up because now it's midnight and the, and the main doors are locked. So we fake it. And they walking, overran. They and they overran. Yeah, overran. They overran. So we faked it walking down to the doors and pretending to leave, but we couldn't get out of them because they were bolted. And then we came back up and then they said, right, if we can just go backstage now and do a, a bit more filming with the boys in the holding room. And I was quite, I mean, I'm still buzzing. I was still quite prepared to go and do it. And you turned around and said, fuck off, fuck off. We've been here all day. I said, We've... you've had so many opportunities <laughs> to interview us as a family, but you chose not to. I... I said, no, I said, listen, we've been here all day. I said, Alf is falling asleep. Alf was only, what, nine at the time. Eight, and wasn't it? Eight. Eight or nine. Yeah. Was eight? Eight. Yeah. Um, we're, we're absolutely knackered. We've been here all day and we just want to go get into our hotel room now i said so any interviews are gonna to have to wait i'm really sorry about that john will do a quick interview now because he wanted to get in while he was still buzzing after the golden buzzer so <laughs> he did that and i said right see you later thank you very much and we got back to the hotel well no they like, did we, we did agree as they were still doing the auditions the next week at the lowry they said look could you make it to the lowry and we'll do some we'll do some interviews there and pretend it's the palladium yeah and that's when they interviewed the boys and we we faked it basically at the lowry and pretended yeah, it was the yeah. palladium but, yeah we pretended yeah so they grabbed us back for the lowry because they they just finished that was the last night of the auditions in london so they were going to move on to manchester and because we live near manchester we said right okay we'll come over and we'll um, we'll come to the lowry and you can in interview us blah, blah blah and we'll we'll pretend that we've just got the golden buzzer and you can do that and they never used any of that footage. Didn't use any backstage uh, footage at yeah. all. But the boys were desperate. They were saying, Dad, Dad, can we... Because some of the acts 
partners and family are in the wings and sometimes they're in the audience. I don't know how they choose who goes where. And the boys were begging that they could be in the wings so they could meet Anton Deck. I remember that. And I said, oh. I've, I've got no say in that. And I did mention it to one of the producers saying, you know, my family have asked if they could be in the wings. And they basically ignored me and they put you in the audience, yeah. gave you microphones. So they had like so many seats empty in the audience for family and friends to sit in while their, um, you know, partners or whatever were on the stage doing the thing. So we were shown into the theatre, finally. It must have been about half 11 when we finally got shown into the theatre. Absolutely knackered. My makeup was all over the place. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so they sat us in these seats, which were like... Um, like about eight rows back from the, the judges and we were so excited. And then they put mics on the boys. Yeah, and, and then they came over and the, one of the crew said, can we put these mics on you, you know, just, to, you know, if there's anything that you say that we want to like, you know, pick upon, blah, 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 while your husband's performing. So Alfie had a breakdown and said, no, because he had it in his head that if he had a mic on, whatever he said, the whole audience would hear, which obviously was not the case. It was so the crew could hear. So John's like, and everyone's going, woo! He's just finished his song, yay! And then one of the crew members came running up to us and said to, to Alfie, 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 because Alfie was on the little, he said, Alfie, do you want to go and run up on the stage and, and give your dad a big hug? And Alfie had a breakdown because because of the noise. Everyone was looking at them because they knew that who we were. I was his wife, the kids. Everyone was looking, everyone was going mad. Da, da, da. It was all very overwhelming. So Alfie literally jumped on the floor in the auditorium and put his hands on his ears and that was it. He was on the floor and we're like, okay then this is not going to look good on tv so the nathan thought i'll help so he ripped his mic off and went i'll go and then off he went like mr bean running up to <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that on the podcast <laughs> nathan we don't running up, he ran he up knows. to the stage he knows and, he runs like mr bean and you, you wouldn't know this but he actually went the wrong way and then realized he was not getting on the stage that way and then he turned around and came running around the other way found the steps and then he had they cut all this out you see i was in hysterics Trying to calm my son down, he was on the floor in a ball because he couldn't handle the noise. The rest is history, really. You can tell on the rest. Oh, am I allowed to speak now? Yeah, you can speak now. Thanks so much. Yeah, so I saw Nathan running up, didn't know what was going on. Why is he coming up? So I have been, it is a common question actually in interviews. How did you feel when Ant and Deck came out? And the honest truth is, I thought something had gone wrong because I'd been watching a lot of the auditions that day with, from the side of the stage. And Ant and Deck occasionally came out on stage if they had to kill a bit of time. Sometimes they'd come out and have a bit of fun with the warm-up guy or with the judges. And David Williams would get up on stage and there'd be stuff going on which you never see on the broadcast just to kill time while they're getting ready for the next show. Or if something's gone wrong and they've got to reset something, Ant and Deck will come out. So when Ant and Deck ran out, my first thought was something's gone wrong. We've got to, we've got to redo it because they've, something's gone wrong. And then they started yelling, Dad, you've done it, Dad, you've done it, Dad, you've done it. And that's when I sort of realised that they were going to hit the golden buzzer. So I came up on stage. I came up on stage and left Alfie having a breakdown on the floor in a ball with yeah, his hands you on left his Yeah, you left our eight-year-old so, son. Yeah, I left him there. The the two elderly people, I don't know who you are, but thank you so much for doing this. They were sat behind us and they were looking after Alfie while I went up on the stage. Um, so I gave... Um, Oh, I think it was Ant or Deck, one of them. I think it was Deck, actually. The one, I have a crush on Deck. So he held my hand and helped me up the steps. I didn't need any help, but whatever. So he was like, well done, woo, and all this. I give John a big hug. And then I said hi to Amanda and Alicia. And Alicia didn't have a baby bump anymore. So I was like, oh, my God, when did you have the baby? And we had a little bit of a chat. And then Simon came over to me and gave me a big hug and was like, well, oh, we went uh, to give you a hug. 
no he gave me a hug and then I pushed him away so I pushed Simon away <laughs> I said I'm really sorry Simon I'm gonna have to go because he was trying to talk to me I said my son's in the audience still <laughs> I just remembered you suddenly realized yeah <laughs> swept up in the celebrityness of the moment my poor little boy is still in the audience having a breakdown because he's so overwhelmed with what's going on so I let I pushed I give Simon Cowell a little bit of a shove I said like listen Cowell get off me mate and he's going to get my son off the audience so off I toddle back to the audience and I scooped Alfie off the floor I said Alfie you okay he says um, daddy really wants to see you. he's up on the stage look he's got the golden buzzer Ooh. and he's like oh, I can't handle it oh. um, so I said to him listen Ant and Dec really want to meet you are you up for it and he went yeah okay and at this point, can you stop Teddy snoring, please? Because all I can hear in the background... Oh, it's Koa. Oh, Sorry. can you stop so one we, of the dogs we snoring? Our, we have our two dogs here with us. They like to sit with me while we do the podcast. I thought it was Rowena for a moment, nodded off. I just... <laughs> all I can hear was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am getting a bit bored. <laughs> if you haven't seen what we're about to talk about then it is still on my youtube channel i believe uh john courtney it's everywhere babe youtube for slash john courtney it was in the daily it is, mail it was in the it was, it was on bb <laughs> it was on bbc northwest tonight because we asked <laughs> i asked them to play it and they interviewed me so when i did the finals they asked me to set up a camera in my lounge to film the family watching the finals um so yeah rowena was um basically you win and through as we mentioned earlier the anxiety. And yeah, through the anxiety and the copious amounts of Prosecco I had to go through to get over the anxiety <laughs> of the day and the little to no food I had throughout that day uh, culminated in the whole result of me passing out at the point that he's then announced as the winner. So what you'll see on the footage, if you do... <laughs> we'll put a link somewhere with this podcast if I can, if we can do that. There'll be a link somewhere. You um, will, yes, you you will see me jump, scream, <laughs> shout, as you would do if you'd just seen your brother-in-law win. Goes, it's funny because she's clapping and she's she's actually clapping her hands together, but her hands miss. Yeah. She's that excited. And then her eyes rolled eyes and she roll, passed out. I pass out, hit the uh, scotch eggs and do uh, <laughs> sausage rolls. Sausage rolls. <laughs> They go flying, and then you see my head pop up, realise what's just happened, and then try and just, you know, act as though that never happened and carry on jumping for joy. Um, but yeah, it was all caught in camera. It is, the, it is the funniest thing. And it's so funny, in fact, that I did use it in a few of my stage shows on tour, especially when we did the uh, the local show. we did When I performed at the Larry, the last night of my tour, because most of my home village and family and friends were there. So I said uh, I introduced Rowena in the audience and then played the clip on the screen on stage. It was it is is one of the best things to come out of the whole experience, other than actually winning it. I yeah. think because I can still watch that back and it makes me laugh. The semi-finals, the the bit of this is the juicy gossip that you won't know unless you came to my tour show. To cut a long story short, I screwed up the semi-finals spectacularly. Um, I, f I forgot the words to my song basically and uh, I had to improvise and, and then I, I went wrong and I cut half the song out and I skipped to the end of the song and uh, convinced that I'd screwed it and um, had a little breakdown after the recording because there's no live audience it was all virtual obviously realized I'd messed up finished the finished the show and then sobbed my eyes out for about 20 minutes in the car park of the studio um, convinced that I'd ruined this huge opportunity that I'd been given um, got an illegal hug from the vocal coach on the show who was the only other person apart from the director and the cameraman 
and the producers who knew that I'd messed up because the judges hadn't heard the song before. So when I came back for the judges' comments and they said the loveliest things, it took me by surprise, which if you watch it back, you can see the look of shock on my face. And Ant and Deck actually saw one of them says, John, you look surprised. And I'm just nodding and I can't even speak because the judges, well, I was the judge's choice, wasn't I, to go through. After being convinced that I screwed it up, I was the judge's choice and I made it straight through to the finals because they'd never heard the song before and they didn't know that I'd gone wrong and I got away with it. So the exclusive is, if you ever get to come and see me live, chances are I might perform the whole version of the semi-final song, which has never been seen. Apart from your tour. you did it. Apart from my times. tour. And if you've got my album, it's on there too. <laughs> so that's what happened in the semi-finals. Yeah. Like watching the final live and um, and the anxiety, oh, so bad. So I thought, right, I'll take the dogs out. And I was walking up the road and every single house I passed, I looked in the window and they had BGT on the telly. It was so cool. <laughs> you never told so, me that. Yeah, I did. That's cool. So I, t- I took the dogs out for a walk and, and then come back. So we kept like pausing it to chat and da, da, da. and it got to like john had done and they were doing the results and we we paused we'd pause the telly and then press play and then we're like shit we paused it ages ago <laughs> so they, you're they not might watching have, it live anymore they, they might have actually announced the winner and we don't actually know so we're like we're, oh my god i didn't know this shit. either so yeah. you weren't actually watching it live no we paused it and then we forwarded it and it kept forwarding and forwarding like shit they're going to announce the winner and we've missed it. And then it just, it, it forwarded it just to the bit. You um, caught up with it. it we yeah. just caught up with it just before they were announcing the winner. Oh my God, my heart flipped. And the funniest bit is, you know what? I didn't even vote for you. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> Do you know what? Everyone else, I mean, Nathan was going mad. He was, te- my niece, <laughs> our niece, Ellie, she was at this massive party somewhere. I don't know where she was, but um, there was like hundreds of people there. And she'd made like an announcement to everybody to download the BGT <laughs> app and to, um, and to vote for you. And everyone did. And it was, it was, it was such a brilliant atmosphere. I mean, we just had sausage rolls and and um, scotch eggs, well, didn't we? And Chris, yeah. the dog's yeah. the dog's snoring again. <laughs> Sorry, let me just nudge the dog. Stop snoring, you weirdo. Um, yeah, so it was brilliant. And then, then they announced the winner, and I was we were like, I just broke down because obviously John was going through the cancer thing at the time, so I was just, I was so emotional, so upset. <laughs> My mum sat there going, Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Did you? I've never asked you this. Did you speak to my mum that night? Did you call her after I'd won or anything? I can't remember. I think I must have done, but I was a little bit drunk and uh, full of sausage rolls and (laughs) comforting row because you know she was a little bit drunk too. But still to this day, if we hear, still to this day, if we hear that sound of the. The, the sort of run up to the announcement of who the winner and, and the, the winner. winner of BGT. Oh, my heart. Oh. The anxiety. My stomach oh, flips over. Can't hear it. Can't listen to it, can we? It was so bad. Imagine what it was like being there then. Yeah, whatevs. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, I'm so sorry you were feeling anxious. Whatevs. The winner of Britain's Got Talent, Talent is, oh, oh my God. God. And then the longest, the longest gap. So what? bad. Anyway, yes, so as soon as they announced the winner, I broke down crying. Rowena basically fainted she passed out the kids were giggling at rowena passing out because that was their auntie 
and um what oh, if- when nathan announced oh my god we're gonna get my lego set oh yeah because that's yeah so when john went for his audition messing about before i'd even done the audition yeah leading leading up to the audition um our eldest had asked asked his dad if you win, will you buy me the new Falcon Star Wars Lego set? 800 which pounds. Which was about... 800? 800 quid. Really? Yeah. I thought it was 600. 10,000. I got it for 600, but it was 800 pounds. Oh, okay. 800 quid Lego set. Yeah. Will you buy me that if you win? And John went, yeah, God as I will. Not thinking he'd win. So Nathan was absolutely buzzing because he knew he was going to get this Lego set. Woo! Woo. <laughs> Ooh, that was quite loud. We just cheers our glasses. I think everybody got that. Um... So then a text on our WhatsApp group to all the neighbours, please come outside. So I went outside with my glass of champagne and all the neighbours came out. We had this mini street party, we just all going woo. And then finally John FaceTimed me from backstage. He'd just like done his interviews and everything. And um, he was FaceTiming me as he was leaving the theatre and we said hi to Alicia and Ashley. And then Aunt and Dec came on, we all started singing, let's get ready to rumble and all that. It was such a brilliant atmosphere, and and then and yeah, I, it was and just then amazing. You had it. a big party. I went back to the hotel with my bottle of white wine, socially distanced <laughs> from anybody. Got pissed and went to bed. I know, but you had a little party. I mean, you know, it wasn't a party. Sign along with us for that, and they, they they sang to you and stuff, didn't they? That was really nice, actually. Yeah, yeah my little video clip of that is very cute. Nice when I got back to the hotel, they all broke into singing "This oh, Is Me" and I walked. In. Yeah, they're really sweet. That was so. really cute. And then you, yeah, and then I had to pick you up from the uh, from Piccadilly train station the day after, um, and I, we'd organised the whole street that to was like funny. we'd got balloons. <laughs> we had got balloons, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, say BGT winner twenty twenty. We'd we'd organised this little street party with food and drinks and stuff for when he got back and um so i went off and picked you up from piccadilly station and i remember there was two uniformed police officers stood there like like they do they just stand around don't they at piccadilly train station and john came off his platform and gave me a big hug and the police police officer one went congratulations and he went (laughs) thank you (laughs) it was really weird well i I remember getting because i hadn't slept much Obviously, I was you know buzzing and adrenaline and stuff, and I was I woke up at whatever time we had to be out of the hotel, absolutely knackered, and a bit hungover, and literally just thinking I just want to go to bed now, I just want to sleep. Um, and you picked me up at the station. I said we've got to call in and see my mum because that was on the way home anyway. So it's nipping to see mum, and then I said I said to the car, I said, do you mind if I just go to bed for a couple of hours because I'm <laughs> absolutely exhausted? And you went, no, babes, of course you can. So I went to see my mum, gave her a big hug. And then pulled into our little cul-de-sac and it was balloons and banners and, and somebody made a banner. So and it was proud. like And I went, oh my God. And you turned to me and said, you didn't actually think you were going to bed, did you? And I was like, well, <laughs> actually, yes, I really wanted to. But no, this is lovely. And then we all had socially distant and champagne. Then, and then we were like, because this was the Saturday night and you got back on the Sunday. So you were told that on the Monday, your winnings would be in your bank account on the Monday. That was funny. It was Ashley that told me, after we'd finished filming, Ashley said, are you looking forward to Monday? And I said, why, what's happening on Monday? And he said, you're gonna have a quarter of a million pounds in your bank. And I went, really, just like that? And he went, yeah. I said, what, they just put it straight into your bank account? And he went, yeah. I said, are you sure? And he said, well, I'd know. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously he'd won it. So I went, oh yeah, good point. And we were so, I mean, we were, I've told this story before, but I don't think people think I'm speaking the truth. We didn't have a pot left to piss in. We, we were, we were at the extent of our overdraft, but basically we had, we had no money. Like a lot of entertainers, we spent our savings and then some, and then, and honestly, I don't know 
I don't know how we'd have afforded our next mortgage payment. I mean, we were absolutely up to our eyeballs in debt. So we kept download. We are kept going on the um our bank the bank app. app. And having a lot, and it still wasn't. Monday, it was Tuesday, like, it was like Wednesday, week. Thursday, and we're like, oh my God, they've not paid my, yet. My, my manager chased them up and went, um, hello. Hello, it's just one. Can we have some <laughs> we money, have please? some money, please? We, we had about £7.50. I was tap. being I was being charged every day for unauthorised overdraft or whatever it was. When it yeah. went over the overdraft, it was like 25 quid fine or something for going over the overdraft. Yeah. Fun and games. So when people ask me, do you regret winning in lockdown? No. The answer is no. I don't think we'd still have our house. And then, of course, a lot of friends when because I was doing a lot of cruise work before the before BGT. And as soon as the cruises came back online and started booking again, I had friends, Jamie and Pete, that had to go away for months on end to work because that's they had to because none of us, you know, none of us had, had worked for so long. And we'd all been at home for two years. And to this, I mean, even now I've had so much time at home. It's been fantastic. Um, although we have joked, I say joked, but. If you'd have told us in March 2020 that we were going to be living together for two years with no break, we'd have probably just got divorced there and then. Can I just add as well, you know, the song, the final song, oh. the, the bit where it says, and it won't be long when these masks, you know, that bit. Yeah, this is your contribution, yeah. That isn't was it? my line. Yeah. Because originally it was, and it won't be long until Corona is gone. <laughs> Well, this is this has been nice reminiscing. I think I, I I don't know if this comes across in the podcast. I've I've done so many interviews talking about it. I don't feel like there's anything new to offer. I think I said this in one one interview because I'd been asked by everybody, especially just after winning. Every interview, every newspaper, magazine. Um, we did. I did Lorraine and and uh, this morning with Phil and Holly, and everybody says, "What did it feel like when you won? When they when they said your name?" And for most of the interviews, I said. Oh, it was amazing. It was fantastic. And everybody says, you know, was it life changing? And of course, you know, I was like, yes, of course it was. And then I started thinking about it. And, you know, I've always I was always very honest in all my all my interviews, but also we were still keeping the whole cancer thing a secret and, until I'd got the all clear, which didn't come along until December. So the finals were in October and I got the, the first all clear in December, December the 22nd. And I was still doing interviews into the new year. And I remember it was a radio interview. It was, it was quite. It was Capital or one of the one of the big stations. And the DJ. It was a live one. And the DJ said, "You know, how did you feel when when you won?" And they they called your name out. And I don't know what made me do it, but I, I talked about my cancer at that point, and I'd done this campaign with Macmillan. I'd written a song about it and stuff. So I think maybe that was the the catalyst because I said, "Honestly, do you honestly want to know what was going through my head?" And it's it's not what you want to hear. I told this to the DJ. I said, "You you don't want. This is not the answer that your listeners are going to want." I said, but, you know, I, I was going through this cancer experience and I still hadn't got the all clear when I won and I was in a pretty dark place sometimes thinking that the worst was going to happen, that it had spread, whatever. So when they said you've won, the first thought that went through my head was, well, we're okay, we've got some money now. If the worst happens, the family's going to be all right. We've got some money in the bank. They're going to keep the house. It'll be okay. And when I told the DJ, there was a very long pause and that's that's the truth. That's I didn't plan to fall to my knees, but I the relief of knowing that if you know if I was going to snuff it, the family was going to be okay, which is not what anybody wants to hear when you they just want. And then when everybody said, "Did it change your life?" The answer to that became, "Well, actually, COVID changed all our lives, didn't it?" And BGT let me carry on working. 
This has been the second episode of Alphabet My Life. We have 50, 50 to go. <laughs> oh my God. We have 50 to go. We're going through the alphabet twice. Uh, the next episode, uh, which should be available at the same time as this one, because we're going to release the first three episodes at the same time. Thanks for joining us. For myself, John Courtney. And me, Emma Young. And me, Rowena Prager. Thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you soon. Lots of love. This has been an episode of Alphabet My Life with John Courtney and Emma Young. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review. Thanks for listening.